God is so good. Praise God. Praise God. I'm so glad you're with us this morning. So glad you're here in church with us. And I just pray that your house has become a sanctuary. Got the honkers in the parking lot out there. Glory to God. They're there. Well, praise God, church. I'm so glad you're here. You know, we're going to, uh, we're just to kind of let you know, give you a little update. We don't know exactly all of what Governor Abbott is, is saying uh, right now. He's coming out with more um, uh, reports on Monday. But I, I believe that we're shortly to be able to maybe begin to open up the church back slowly. I'm going to be letting you know further details about that right now. Uh, we're, you know, I mean, of course, Sunday morning, here we are. And uh, but we'll see about next Sunday. I'll be letting you know what's going to go on with that. But I really want to encourage you that I will not accept the fact that people are saying, you know, well, this is going to hurt church, whatever. I declare that we are stronger than we have ever been. I declare that there is more people that are that are hungry for God than ever before. I declare the broadcast is reaching more than ever before. I declare that the the live feed is going to become a thing that we're going to continue to do because we're just going to see people around the world blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. Amen? And so, you know, there is a principle of Acts 2.46 that in the early days of the church, it says the church they met from house to house, they broke bread and shared bread with each other. And what I'm believing for is for us to get into maybe the next phase of things to where we can, you know, get together and join multiple families in your home and watch the broadcast together. And then, you know, we'll finally get a little bit farther down the road and then we can get to where we can open things on completely up. But right now we're just going to play it. Cool. We're just going to believe God. We're going to keep being in your home through the live feed broadcast. Parking lot's always open. Bless God. And we're going to go from there. We will be having communion next week. So I would encourage you to make sure you, you did like Easter Sunday. You've got your own communion prepared for you there at your house. Uh, if your family's all going to be there, you know, you're prepared for all of that. We will be serving communion all together again. So uh, we'll, we're not stopping. Bless God. We're going on. Amen. So the plan this week, the plan is Luke chapter 23. Now, some people may say, well, gosh, we had 21, then 22, then 23, you know. Well, yeah, you know, it all kind of fits together. It goes good. When I get going, I love the book of Luke. I couldn't stop. And chapter 23 is talking about the, uh, it's Jesus's death. And, and you may think, well, that needs to be an Easter thing. But listen to me, we've got to die to Christ every day. And we need to be looking at this. So I, I encourage you, take Luke chapter 23. Go through it with your family. Take time. These are times. Listen to me right now. Don't waste your time worrying. Don't waste your time fretting. Don't waste your time wondering, oh gosh, what's going to happen here? Spend your time right now reading the Word. Spend your time building your faith. Spend your time exercising your body and your spirit so that you can be strong for whatever's coming down the road. Because whatever's coming down the road, ah, we're going to overcome it because God created us to be overcomers. Amen? So say right there, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Look at that person beside you and say, you are too. Amen. Okay, well, praise the Lord. Um, what else? 
keep in contact with people, keep talking to people, keep keeping up with everybody. You know, I want to I want to just really commend y'all for figuring out how to give. You know, y'all have been so good to give. Some of you have gone to electronic giving. Some of you mailing checks in for tithes, your tithes and your offering. And, and I just praise you for that. Some of you probably had to conquer battles just to figure out how to do it electronically. Everybody else is like, no big deal. But you've never done it, so maybe it's a challenge to you. But it doesn't make any difference how you send it in. God knows your heart. And that's what I want to talk to you this morning just a little bit about as we take up our offering about... Um, and in Luke chapter 12, verse 22, it's, it, this is so familiar to you, but sometimes we miss it. Sometimes the Bible, we read over stories because we're too familiar with it. We're already reading it in our head rather than looking at the words and letting it leap into our heart. So let me just read this. It's a little bit here, I got to say, but just hold on. Then, then he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you shall put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Oh, man. I remember reading that the very first time, and I thought, yeah, Lord, I understand what you're saying. You said, don't worry about it, but I, got, I, need, I have needs. I'm broke. I'm trying to get school clothes for my kids. My, my son's got holes in his shoes. I got to get new shoes. I don't have the money to get it. And you're saying all this, you're saying, Lord, how's it going to happen? Where's it going to come from? Where's it going to appear? Okay, hold on. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouses nor barns, but God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Now, you just think about that principle that, you know, all the birds, they're, you know, eating seeds, they're, they're you know, bees are getting pollen, all the things are going on around. And they, you know, they're not worried. And you say, well, they're just a bird. I understand. Let me read on. If then you're not able to, to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? That's what gets me. You know, have you ever noticed that worry doesn't do anything for you? I have never gotten anything accomplished by worry. Never. Fretting and worrying, chewing your fingernails off, you know, wringing your hair, walking around the house, not able to sleep, guts all tightened up, and, and you're, you're drinking Pepto-Bismol, you're all messed up, you're just thinking of worry. Worries never gained me anything. Worries made me sick. Worries made my stomach hurt. Worries messed me up. Worries caused me to, to have anxiety. But worry has never done anything good for me. So then why do we do it? He said, well, you got to worry because you don't know what's going to happen. Let me read on. He says, uh, if you're not able to do the least, then why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon, all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothe the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, all the stuff that's created in this world, all the, all the beautiful trees, you know, it's a beautiful time of year. Everything's green. Everything's beautiful. The flowers are coming out. The butterflies are flying. Everything's beautiful. And I just want you to know all that beauty God created for you. He created this beautiful world for us, for us to enjoy. That's what he created it for. So he's saying, I make beautiful flowers. I do all of this stuff. I, I have an ability. Okay, let me just say, I have the ability to grow a beautiful, I don't know, let's say a tulip, a beautiful tulip. And then I have an a, 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 a ability to grow a beautiful 
cactus tuna with a cactus flower on top of it. Completely different. Two different areas. One's in the dry, one's over here. You know, two different complete. But I have the ability to do them and make both of them beautiful. Can you do that? No. All we can do is worry and make ourselves sick. The only thing we can do is make ourselves sick. Think about that. <laughs> you have the ability to make yourself sick by worry. That's all you got. You're not adding to it. There's nothing you can do in your humanness except make yourself sick. Do not fear, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasures to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have, give alms, provide for yourselves money bags that do not grow old, a treasure in heaven that does not fail. There is no, uh, no thief approaches nor moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God says, look, you're, the reason why you're worrying and you're fretting is because you're trying to do everything on an earthly level. Get your finances straight with me in heaven, and then everything's going to be okay on earth. Everything that, I've had, uh, that goes into heaven can't be stolen from, the, 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 you know, can't be destroyed. There's no thieves there that get into heaven. So here's the principle. I've seen this in married couples. Young married couples happen so much, Okay. And it's a deal about money that they have to get straight. Because sometimes when young couples come together, their, their, their concept of finances is he has his money and I have my money. And then, you know, we, we deal. and We'll let him pay a few bills and I'll pay a few bills. And, and, and they try to operate like that. So each one of them is still holding on to a little bit of what they have. Okay? Why? Because they're worried the other one might take it. Hello? They're worried they can't trust the other one totally. So, why'd you marry them if you can't trust them? Anyway, that's another story. So, you can't trust them. So, you're holding on to the money. So, he either got theirs and theirs got because you want it. Okay, that principle, I gave you that example to tell you that principle is what I'm talking about with God. The moment you trust God with your finances, and it's not yours and mine, but it becomes ours. Your money situation's over with. You've solved it. Because no longer are you keeping back and, and, and saying, well, I don't want God to see this because I don't really want to tithe on it. I don't want to give 10% of this. And so, you know, we're going we're to set it over here. See, your heart's not right. Just the same as if you got money and you said, I'm not going to tell my wife that I got that $100 that, you know, today the boss gave me a bonus because that's going to be my money. And that's going to be my mad money. I don't put it over here. Hello? I can't see you all out there, but I know by spirit that just hit you like whoop. So it's the same principle with God. Once you get that settled in your heart that your bank account belongs to God and whatever he wants is his. Hello? Then all of your money situations just line up. So the thing I'm saying to you this morning is that's what you got to deal with. That's what you got to take care of. Once you do that, you're not going to see any problems with finances. So get your checks out, get your hand, get, put your hand on your wallet or whatever you're doing, put it on your computer if you sent your money electronically. I don't know. I just know that by the Spirit it all works out. And I'm going to pray over your finances. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name that we are blessed. I declare each and every person says right now out of their mouth, I am blessed. I declare, Lord God, that you bless them.
that you bless their finances, that no matter what the situation looks like, no matter what's going on in the world today, no matter if the naysayers and waysayers and woe mongers are all sitting around saying, oh, we're not going to make it. It's going to go bad. We're going into a recession. Lord, we're declaring that you are the one who finances us. For our treasure is laid up in heaven, and you provide for us. So I thank you for miracle signs and wonders taking place in everyone's finances, blessing them exceedingly abundantly. They're coming in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and that they are blessed, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Okay. So, Get your Bibles out. I want to go to another scripture. <laughs> Praise God. Go to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. I want to start another message this morning. It's going to go for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. But uh, it still plays off of what I've been preaching for the last several weeks, which is... <sighs> That you are seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Through the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, your position is at the right hand of the throne of God. And what happens to us is we, 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 go, to the, we go to the throne, we're, we're positionally sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, but then all of a sudden, you know, the enemy begins to talk and whisper in our ear, and somehow or another, he talks us off the throne and talks us over to the side and talks us over to where, you know, we're not, we're not uh, being the children of God we're supposed to be. We're not walking like we should walk. We're not doing what we should do. And, and when we do that, we lose ground. And uh, so what I want to talk to you today about, and I, I don't, it's about making choices, choices, making the right choice. And so I want to show you Isaiah 55, 6. <clears throat> it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. When God made man, Going all the way back into the garden, when God made man, he made man as a unique individual. Man's not made like the angels. The angels in heaven are subject to God, but God made man a free will being. He made you with the ability to make a choice, to go into your life and to be able to choose to serve him or not, to choose to call upon the Lord or choose to forsake the Lord. Now, God wants everyone to be saved. The Bible's plain with that. But he said he's going to leave it up to you, your choice, whether you're going to serve him or not. Your choice of whether you're going to walk with him or not. You hear what I'm saying? Your choice. God didn't want people to serve him because he made them serve him. Right? God didn't want man to be a, a slave. God's a God of freedom. And he wanted you to have the freedom of free will so that you could make a choice and say, Lord, I want to serve you with all of my heart, or I'm going to walk away from you. You have that ability. You have the ability to make a choice. Well, now think about this. From the messages I preached the last couple of weeks, if you're seated at the right hand of the throne of God, then he's giving you a power and he's giving you authority. It's in Christ, but he's giving you that. So you have power and ability in your life to make a choice that will 
affect your kingdom. Hear what I'm saying? You have an ability to make a choice that will affect your kingdom. You know, if you make a bad choice, it's going to affect your kingdom. If you make a good choice, it's going to affect your kingdom. Let me just give you an example. Okay, so, so if, if, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to you as Christians. You're a Christian, you're born again, you're seated at the right hand of the throne of God is your position. And your wife says something, you had a hard day, and, 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 and you're a little, little edgy, little irritated, and your wife says something to you, and right then you have an ability to make a choice. The choice to say something nice, compliant, loving, or to snap and say, why don't you just be quiet, leave me alone, get some supper on the table right now. You know how that will happen. You know what will end up. At your funeral, they can say, you made a bad choice. Okay? Because she hit you in the head with a baseball bat because of what you said. This is what I'm talking about. All day long, you're confronted. And all day long, you have an ability to make a choice. You have a choice to operate in fear or a choice to operate in faith. That's your free will being. Look, don't, don't. <laughs> people want to, people want to, not operate in the power of their free will because they don't want the responsibility of it, folks. We have people all over the world today, they just want the government to take care of them. They just want to elect this person that's going to sit up in the presidency and it's going to be the perfect person that gives everybody everything and makes everything all work out and everybody gets everything free and we all go free and we all go free and we do this and we do that and we go whatever like that. And they just want to sit at home and enjoy their lives and look at the butterflies fly by and whatever. But that isn't the way it works. The way it works, and everybody needs to get hold of a real reality, I think we need to go back to like work camps to make people understand what it takes to work. You make a choice. If you go to work, you earn money. And then if you earn money, and you, you, know, you try to keep... Well, that's another whole story. But, but, if you, but you go out there and you work, and you earn money, then you bring the money home, and then you make a choice to spend it wisely. Okay, that's the way the world operates. Your choices in life is what has got you where you are today. We want to blame it on everybody else. We want to blame it on, oh, it was this, or oh, it was the economy, or oh, it was that, or this, or that, or the other. You know, I didn't really have a choice in the matter. Yes, you did. Hello? Give me a honk if you heard me. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm still on the air. It was getting quiet. It's pretty funny that even when you start preaching like this, that the cars get quiet. I didn't know that. I didn't think about that. You know, I've seen it more church. Everybody's kind of looking down at the ground and kind of looking at their feet and kind of, you know, like, oh, God, don't look up. Pastor's getting, he's preaching too hard now. I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. I didn't realize the cars would be quiet. Yeah. So praise God. Silence the vehicles. The, 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 the headlights were drooping. Praise God. So you're where you are today because of the choices you made. Hello? Okay. So I want you to understand, because this message is about you grabbing hold of today the power of your free will and being able to use your free will to align up with the Word of God so that you can speak from your position of the throne and you can see victory come into your life. Amen? So let's go back. Let's just do a little Christianity 101 here this morning. Serving God starts with a choice. Hear what I'm saying? 
The moment that you come, you know, whatever's happened in life or whatever's going on in your life, maybe right now you're listening to the broadcast and you don't really know if you're right with God. I, I, I understood that. I was there one day. I was there one day when I didn't know if I was right with God. And I was confronted by the Holy Spirit. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit at that time, but I, now I know. The Holy Spirit confronted me about my relationship with Jesus, and, and I wasn't right with him. And the moment I did that, I then made a choice. I said in my heart of hearts, I said, Jesus, if you're really real, then I want to serve you. I want to live for you. And that moment, boom, the power of God hit me. The Spirit of God came to live on the inside of me. I became born again. My, my life changed. My vision changed. My understanding changed. Everything changed at that moment when I made that choice. Now, did God want me saved years earlier? Well, he always wanted me to serve him. But I never made the choice to. So your whole relationship with God started with a choice. You made a choice to serve God. You made a choice to go to church. You made a choice to live for Jesus, okay? Now, behold, it says in Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He knocks. He doesn't break it down. He doesn't have a battering ram and knocking the door down. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, huh? hears his voice and opens the door. They have to open the door. You have to open the door. Jesus is not going to knock down the door of your heart. You got to make the choice for him. And I will come in and I will dine with him and he with me. So he says, it's all up to you. Listen to me out there this morning. It's all up to you, your choice of you. If you're sitting around saying, God, God, if you would show me something, if you do. No, no, no. It's your choice. You make the choice to serve God. You make the choice to open the door. You make the choice and say, Lord, I want to serve you with all of my heart. I want to serve you. Hello? But you know what happens sometimes, though? People get in a bind, and they say, oh, i gotta get out, I got to get out of this bind. And they said, I want to I choose to serve Jesus, and they're going to serve Jesus. Then when things get better, then they go back to what I was talking about over there in the offering a while ago. Well, I'm going to keep this over here, and, and I'll give that to the Lord, and I, I, but I still want to keep this. Well, then what happens? You know that doesn't work in a, a marriage relationship. It's not going to work in a relationship between you and God. When Jesus walks in the door of your heart, he wants to come in, and he wants to have full reign of the house. But a lot of times, we don't want to read the small print that says, we're going to serve Jesus, and we give him our lives. That's the, that's the deal. You get forgiven of all your sins and don't go to hell, but then you're supposed to pick up your cross and follow him. You're supposed to walk with him. You're supposed to serve him. See, you don't, you don't really get to choose. It is in the first original choice, and then it's done. Are you following me? Don't turn me off. I see somebody reaching for that knob. Don't turn me off. This is good. This is good. I'm telling you. So my, what I, where I'm going with this, Jesus stand at the door knocking. Hello? But are you going to open up the complete door of your heart and let him in? Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. 
God told man, told Adam and Eve, he said, the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat it, you shall surely die. So God already knew what man was going to make a bad choice, but he had to put something in the garden to show man he had free will. He said, look, you can eat of every tree. Every tree is yours. Every tree is yours. You can do whatever you want to. But that one over there, don't eat of it. So man would have to make a choice. He could do it or not. Listen to me. God is not causing bad things to happen in your life. God is not sitting at the throne putting bad things down upon you. Listen to me. It's our choices that get us into trouble. It's our choices that get us into trouble. Hello? Go to the Gospel of John chapter 1. Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Man, he is saying right here, listen to me, he's saying right here, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power to become children of God. Children of God. To those who believe in his name. Yes, children of God, by the redemptive work of Christ, sitting at the right hand of the throne of God with the power of you to make a choice to do it God's way. Now listen to me. This is the way God wants it to work. God wants you to be hungry for his word. He wants you to read his word. He wants you to get his word inside of you because God's word is God's will. Now you're sitting at the throne of God, so as a son of God, you're going to act like a son of God, and out of your mouth is going to come forth things that are, are of the will of God. Are you following me here? You're going to become a son that's duplicating his father. And you make the choice to do it. The moment you make the choice, you're taking the power of your free will, putting it into the power of God's word, launching it out into this world. And folks, those choices affect your kingdom for victory. Amen? I feel like I can see you out there and you just hadn't got it yet. You're not hearing me this morning. The power of your free will is the ability to launch into and choose to, to, to believe God's word. And then from the throne, man, when it goes out, it goes out into this world and it affects your kingdom. It's something to be so excited about and so rejoicing about because you're sitting here saying, man, I have the power to choose God. And that power is amazing. It's, it just is, is enough to just like, I mean, set your whole, the course of your whole world. Right now, the, not right now the, the, the world, if you look at the world system, this whole world system going on right now, it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Everybody's lost their minds, and they're running around like crazy people. Ah, everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. And I'm telling you, you need to get your kingdom and your, your boat. You need to be like, you know, you know what, do you, what do they call those boats, those big, long boats that they get like, you know, like like. 20 people in there, and they're all row, you know, they're rowing the boat down the, I don't huh? A rowboat, huh? You know, one of them big, long ones, you know, like they get in those, those uh, uh, 
contest or whatever you call those things. Your, your whole life needs to be like that. You've got everybody there. Man, everybody's rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing. And you're just cutting through the water and you're just going down the river. And man, and you're just like an arrow flying through there because you've made the choices to live for God. You've made the choices to speak it out of your mouth. And let me tell you something, be encouraged because once you're doing that, from your position of the throne, once you're launching out like that, man, your kingdom's going to have success. There's no way your kingdom can fail. Say it right there. My kingdom is not going to fail. Look at that person. There's somebody around you. Shake them and say, man, my kingdom is not going to fail. Because you've made the choice to serve God. Let me give you a few more uh, uh, scriptures here. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, Deuteronomy 30, 19, he said, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I've set before you life and death. God set it before us, life and death. Look, nothing makes me matter. Nothing. You want to make me mad? You just like just like rubbing my fur the wrong way. When you start talking about that God being a bad God or God's doing something to kill people, God's bringing the coronavirus to kill everybody. Like God, God's got it out for, for people in nursing homes. He wants to kill as many old nursing home people as he possibly can. That's just the most stupid, as ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. God's not trying to kill anybody right now. God loves people. He loves everybody so much that he sent Jesus to the cross to die for you. You think that he wants to kill you? after he gets you saved? Huh? Yeah. Let me tell you something. God's out there and he loves you. And he wants you blessed. You think God wants you? Well, I tell you, those Americans, you think this is God's attitude. God, he said, those Americans are just a little too, too arrogant. You know, we need to bring them down a few notches. So let's send them into a recession. Let's go ahead and let all go to pieces and let's let this go down and we'll just put them in a recession. We'll just squeeze everybody, you know, get them down up in poverty and just making them beg for bread. Is that, that ain't God. That ain't my heavenly father. You've never read your Bible if you believe that. God wants you in poverty. Why did Jesus say, I have come to give them life and life more abundantly? Oh, he wants to give you abundant life, but you want to get abundant life living in poverty? I mean, it doesn't make sense. So you've been taught wrong doctrine. But he says, what I did is I set before you, I set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. He even tells you which one to choose. <laughs> he says, choose, I said before you, life and death. Please choose life. But we got people out there saying, I ain't going to God. I ain't going to serve God. I mean, no. he just wants to get me in there. A preacher just wants my money and they just want me. They ain't going to go up there. And I know them people, they're all hypocrites and they're all this and that and the other. You're just a fool listening to the devil in your head, you've listened to that garbage so much that it's causing you to make a bad choice because you don't know the real Jesus. You don't know the one that loves you. You don't know the one that wants to over help you overcome the problems and situations in life. You've just gotten yourself into a state of stupid. Because you feed from the trough of stupid every day. You let the devil manipulate you and lie to you until... You can't make the right choice. See, the point, I'm trying to make a simple point this morning, but I keep feeling like every time I, I'm about to, you know, I, I, I feel like it's like every time you're trying to poke an oyster with a fork, 
You know, you're going for it, but it keeps slipping out of the way. And that's what I'm feeling like this morning. I'm about to get you drive home the point, and it just slips a little bit out of the way. The point I'm trying to make to you is the power of choice that you have sitting at the throne of God. It's a powerful thing. That's what I'm trying to drive home to you this morning by showing you how good our God is and everything that he's done. He said, I set before you life and death. That means you can choose life. Well, folks, if you can choose life, well, then you know what happens? Life is yours. Do you hear what I'm saying? It can't be death. There can't be destruction because you're choosing life. It's always set before you. You're sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. You're sitting at the throne. All you have to do is choose life. But we want to choose Jack Daniels and go get drunk because we think that's going to make us feel better. Maybe I should hide down here. At least I don't have anybody that could throw anything at me. You hear what I'm saying? We, we, we choose, we make bad choices. Well, I ain't going to let them talk to me like that. I'm going to go down there and bust him in the mouth. Yeah, you do it. Then you end up in jail. And now you got a record and it just keeps on building and then you just keep getting in trouble. And you keep, yeah, because you're making bad choices. You're not choosing life. We've got to learn to choose life because we have the position at the right hand of the throne. And when we make a choice, it affects our kingdom. So you, if you make a choice that's a bad one, it's going to affect your kingdom. So you have to choose to love your children. You have to choose to love your wife. You have to choose to be prosperous. You have to choose to say the right things out of your mouth. I'm just preaching good this morning. But if you continue to choose to walk in ugly, anger, wrath, malice, all these things, then your kingdom is going to reap death. Look what God says on in the back in, 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 in verse 20. Uh, and, you, and, and, and that you may love the Lord your God and may obey his voice and that you will cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which your father swore to your fathers, so Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, if you're clinging to God and he becomes your life, then everything gets to be lined up right in life. Blessings come you. Blessings follow you. Blessings overcome you. But if you choose, if you choose to walk in the wrong thing, then what happens is death and destruction. Why is this taking place? Why is your, why is your choice so powerful? Because, church, you're sitting at the right hand of the throne of God in Christ. You wield great power and authority in the Spirit. Hear what I'm saying. You wield great power and authority in the Spirit. And your choices make a difference. Okay, let me give you another one here. Book of Joshua, chapter 24. Book of Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15. Now, Joshua, the end of his, his days calls all of Israel together, and it says, If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, well, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land you dwell. But as for me and my house, yeah, we're going to serve the Lord. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was laughing. I like I like the I like the long horn honk. You know, here's like I, what I love about y'all honkers out there in the parking lot, you've gotten more bold. At first, y'all were a little like, deet, deet. you know, just like, oh, gosh, it doesn't sound, feel right to honk the horn. And now some of y'all are like, man, you're like fanatics. You're like fanatic honk honkers. And you just got to, you know, it's like, oh, my God, you can't live without honking the horn. I bet, bet it's you're driving down the road. You're Now you're using it. You're just, you're, you've turned your road rage around to declare that now it's, it's really your praise the Lord. Deet, deet. I was just praising the Lord, just praising the Lord. But Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, in other words, he made an emphatic statement and said, this is what we're going to do. Listen to me. The moment you choose to do that, the moment that becomes the anchor to your soul, the moment that you make a choice like that and you're ready to put your foot down, you, you're, you're with your spouse or, or whoever, and you make that choice to say, we are going to serve Jesus Christ, all the days of our life. The moment you do that and you really make that commitment in your heart, man, all of a sudden, I'm not going to tell you it's not going to be a fight. I'm not going to tell you you're not going to have situations go wrong because we, we live in a fallen world. But what I'm going to tell you is the power that comes to you at that moment is unbelievable. All of heaven begins to line things up to bless you in life. All of heaven begins to work. Angels come. Swords begin to rattle. The Holy Spirit is there to see your kingdom come into success. Now, what we have to do is we have to, we have to stop because what I think happens to us Christians, listen to me. Church, we go so long and you've been serving the Lord for so long, sometimes we forget the basic elements of what Christianity is. We get into fighting the devil and trying to learn the next big faith doctrine and the next big this doctrine, and we're trying to elevate ourselves up because we keep trying to find that secret key that unlocks the door to every mystery and that we just know all things, and then all of a sudden everything lines up. I will have to admit to you that in all the stuff going on in the world today, the only thing that I'm concerned about is I personally don't want to lose any comfort. I mean, I, I think we're all like that. I don't want my electricity to go out. I like my electricity because it turns my air conditioner and it makes my house cool when it's 96 degrees outside. I really don't want to have to go to, you know, making jerky out in, in 100 degree heat to, to survive and salt and some pork down in a barrel and trying to bail water from a bucket. You know, I don't want to lose comfort. But I'm telling you, I'm going to overcome. I may, I, I, it doesn't make any difference what the situation is. Because I know what God's word says, I know I'm going to overcome. I know I'm going to conquer. I know I'm going to walk in victory. Because I have done this one thing here. I chose for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. When you do that, come on, give me some honks. When we do that, what happens is, you're already set up in a position of power, and the devil is scared you're going to understand it. Because he's, un, he, he's, he's, he's afraid you're going to literally sit at the right hand of the throne of God in authority and begin to command things to take place in your kingdom, and it's going to happen. So he is constantly trying to talk you out of it. He's constantly trying to talk you off the throne. 
out of your position of power, out of a place of victory. He's trying to talk you out of that. And so he gets us over in crazy doctrines, and, 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 and if he knows you're not just going to go off the deep end, he's, he's trying to trip you up and, with, with little lies and deceptions and you know, you're, you're, wherever. He's going to find a weakness within you to try to get you tripped up so that you will give up your position of authority. That's what he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. They were in a charge. She could have chopped his head off with a, with a, with a machete. She could have, you know, they could have just done whatever out there, but they didn't. He got in there, little deceptive words, little deceptive words. He got in there, got in there enticed. She got Adam enticed, and then they all, you know, it was over with from there. That's what's happening to you every day. You've got to re- go back and remember, like, so many times in, in the Old Testament, they built an altar or they set up a rock pillar and it, it meant something. You've got to go back to those places in your life that you chose to serve the Lord and remember those things and have those things up there and remember and say, no, 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 that's for me and my house. We serve the Lord. We're Christians. We love Jesus. I, yeah, you may not do everything just right. You may not do everything perfect, but that's your choice. That's what you've done. You've made Jesus your life. That is what you chose to do. You need to be vocal with it in these days. Listen to me, a lot of people want to you know, sneer at that. I heard the other day they wanted to call the coronavirus an act of God. And you know, that, just, that just doesn't sit right with me. Listen to me, I'm a Christian. My families are Christian. I raised my children to be Christians. That's what we are. We, we are believers in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The moment you begin to get like that, you're setting up a pillar in your family. That pillar then is what you're, it's where you're preaching from. It's your pulpit, your rock. Your foundation that you're preaching, it's the first choice you ever made that was a really good one. All right? But you've got to understand now that that gives you the power from the throne to operate. So you need to be like Joshua and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. This is what we're going to do. Now, what I want to do is next week, I want to get into this a little more. And Because I'm trying to get you right now this week to understand your power and your position. But next week, I need to show you what the battle is. I need to show you what is taking place and what is amassing and, and really you know, how, to, how to maneuver things well. You know, um, so many times, like in the military, you'll see, you know, some of you may have actually been in service to, and seen this, and others you're just watching on television, you know. You, you set up a mortar tube. And they range a mortar tube. They drop the mortar in. It goes over there. It hits in a certain location. And then somebody calls in coordinates and they re- recalibrate it to get more accurate or where it needs to be. And that's what I'm believing God next week is going to happen to you. Some of you are going to get your, your mortar fire lined up and become more accurate in what you're doing. You're going to see more things happening and more victories. But what I want to do right now as we close this service today, I want to pray for you. And again, I, I'm, I don't know everybody's out there in my audience this morning. I just know that we're going around the world, and so i got to cover both ends of the spectrum. Some of you out there listening today, you may have never chosen Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never done what, what Joshua did here and says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I want to pray for you right now. The Bible's very plain. It just simply says in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you'd confess with your mouth and you'd believe in your heart, 
that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for you, that He arose on the third day for the forgiveness of your sins, that you would be saved. You'd be saved from the wrath to come. You'd be, you'd be saved from all the issues and problems that are going on in life. You'd be saved and be headed to heaven. So right now, if you're out there and you're not sure, you've never made that choice, I want to pray for you at this moment. So wherever you are, if there's someone there with you, take their hand. I can't get you to the front of the altar here, but by the Spirit you can be at the altar. So I want you to come and I want you to pray this with me and say, Jesus, right now, I give you my life. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you died and gave your life for me. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins, writing my name in the Lamb's book of life, and I believe with all of my heart that heaven is my home. Thank you for forgiving me. Amen. Now, for those of you out there that you know you made a choice with, uh, to choose Jesus a long time ago, and He's been your Lord and Savior, and you stood it, I want you to understand this morning, I want you to grab hold of the power and authority you have in your ability to make a choice, your free will, from the position of the throne of God. I want you to understand and take this as I pray for you right now, to never again let the devil talk you off of your position of authority. I want you to, 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 to grab hold of this this morning and just believe that today is the day that Everything's going to begin to change around for you. You're going to grab hold of it because you've made that choice at the throne. So, Father, right now, everyone out there, I just declare every chain, every yoke is broken off of their thinking that today they can see themselves clearly. They can see themselves clearly, Lord God, that they're positioned at the right hand of the throne of God in Christ. And then they make a choice today to serve you. A choice today to live for you. A choice today to execute your word in their life. A choice for you, Lord God, to, to, to go forth and to see your word coming out of their mouth from the throne of God and bringing an advancement in their kingdom. So, Lord, I pray today for them that no longer there be a deception, no longer there be any, 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 uh, uh, any, any hindrances. But, Lord, right now I declare that they're, they're going to walk in victory. They're going to see things differently. And Lord, I praise you for that. Lord, bless them. Put your hand upon them, Lord. And Lord, just bring us all back together again as quickly as possible, Lord. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, church, God bless you for tuning in today. We'll catch you next week. Be blessed.